Disney nerds, welcome to When You Wish Upon a Stream. That's what I'm going with this week. This is the next entry in our Disney animated Cannonball series, where instead of looking at Snow White, a fart of a film, we instead <laughs> wanted to look at Pinocchio, the next the next one. This is uh, Pinocchio, the 1940 animated movie based on the 1901 Italian novel, um... Oh, this was not a folktale. This was a specific book then. Yeah, yeah. And P- Pinocchio is a... And, and, you know, Pinocchio is not just... This sounds this sounds really dumb. Pinocchio is not just like a cultural institution because it's a Disney movie. It was a cultural institution well beforehand and tales oh. of Pinocchio have, like... If you, go to, if you go to look at the Wikipedia page of Pinocchio film, you do have an entry that t- has at the top, you know, the Disney animated one go here and then a hundred other runs at Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair... Uh, you'll note that when I said that, I wasn't surprised uh, to find out that it pre-existed. I was surprised to find out that it wasn't just a folk story yeah. that was everywhere. Yeah, no, it was or at a... least everywhere in Italy, because Pinocchio is... Yeah. Its origins are pretty obvious. <laughs> Extremely Italian. So this is a podcast where we're doing a retrospective through the Disney animated canon, because I found out that Talon hadn't seen a lot of them, or hadn't seen a lot of them all the way through. And she has seen all of them. All of them. Well, except the one that shall not be named. So, if you want to talk about an expert and an idiot in the same room, that's basically what you've got as a podcast. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about Disney movies. That's so. unnecessary. I, I didn't make that claim. I, I will not be held responsible for that in the court of law. <laughs> all right. So, with that in mind, first up, we have the plot summary. I threw Snow White at you. Uh, so I guess I should do Pinocchio. Would you like to summarize Pinocchio for us? Let's see, can I do Pinocchio in 60 seconds? A old man creates a puppet that he wishes was alive. A fairy comes in, brings it to life, and tells him that he will become a real boy if he can achieve some sort of moral uh, accolade. The, boy, the, the puppet then goes out on an attempt to be a normal boy and go to school, and is waylaid by a fox and a cat. Again... Uh, the, the fairy comes along, says, no, don't do that, and he returns to the cycle of trying to go to school. Again, waylaid by fox and cat, like they're just puttering around in the middle of the movie. And then, again, he goes out to rescue his father, who fell into the ocean while looking for him. Uh, he saves his father, escapes the whale that uh, they had fallen into, and is turned into a real boy. It's more or less accurate. Yeah, like, I, 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 I feel bad that I mentioned the whale after, I, I mentioned the whale as it was being escaped from. <laughs> you left out the horrifying donkey children. Uh, that, the thing is, that's the same plot element, that, sorry, that's the same plot twice, it's just what horrifying <laughs> punishment are we going to inflict on this stupid child? <laughs> and now, let's open the racist door. Yeah, yeah, what's in the yikes room this week? Okay, so there's there's the greater moral framework, which I'm happy to talk about later in depth. It seems that like it gets its own analysis. Thing. That's not just a product of its time, yikes. That's a serious, like, what the fuck is this movie actually up to? Um, as far as women characters, we have <laughs> one and a half. Well, we've got Magical Jesus Fairy. And we've got... She's pretty. Did you know she's pretty? Characters are going to point this out. 
and we've got the fish. There is a fish. Did you notice that the fish is also pretty? <laughs> yeah, that, that clearly there is there is at some point a, a day when the uh, character designer walked into a meeting and was told, you need to make it look like the fish can be fucked. Go! <laughs> yeah, make it look like that fish wants a bit. Yeah. All right, here's the thing. I just want you to remember the oddly horny fish, uh, because I believe Fantasia is next, and we'll discuss that when it happens. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is actually good. That one's going to hurt, because I like Fantasia. <laughs> Yep, yep, but uh, it's just, I don't know, Disney has a horny fish thing going on, I don't know what it is. Okay, and I mean, I'm circling around it because I know that you took notes and I know that you have the big yikeses. Well, yikes on Stromboli, isn't it? Holy nuts! Like, this is one of those things you don't, so we're Australian, I don't know if you can tell, Um, but uh, you don't, you don't uh, realise that, like, for starters... Uh, the archetype we're dealing with here is considered a slur in a lot of circumstances. Yeah, yeah. This this movie straight up drops a slur. I, I I can we say this in an analytical sense? I don't know. Like I'm perfectly comfortable saying that this movie uses the word gypsy. Right. I'm quite happy pointing at the word. I would rather not describe <laughs> the character as a that thing. So like the point is, uh, uh, we did not for a decent amount of our adult lives, realized that this was at all a problematic thing. Our parents sure as shit didn't realize. Uh, and when we were watching Pinocchio when we were children, boy, did we not realize that this guy is like a massive racist caricature. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, d- Just to the degree of unawareness, I was a fully grown adult before I learned that the Romani people actually existed. Like, I thought they were a fantasy kingdom made up thing. I genuinely did not realize that that word referred to a group of actual humans. For what it's worth, I didn't know that word existed until, like, Hunchback. We'll deal with that when it comes around. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this guy is uh, a fat, swarthy, hairy, big-lipped, money-grubbing, cheating, lying, kidnapping... He's just everything on the list. I forgot drinking, smoking. Child predator. Disgusting with his food, child predator. Oh, it's everything. Oh, boy. He is 100% a creepy caricature. And I didn't, I didn't notice in a foreign language. Oh, yeah. Oh, how could I forget that the <laughs> fucking raging gibberish outbursts at the drop of a hat? Oh, no. <laughs> and and here's the question for you on the on the yikes wow. on the yikes front: Is it better or worse if the things he's saying are real things? Oh, um, no, it's worse. <laughs> it's, it's actually yeah. No, it's like it's bad if if they're real things, but it's worse if it's just oh yeah, those people talk moon language when they're angry. Uh-huh. Ah. Hey, what about Tobacco Street? <laughs> yeah, that got a yikes. Like obviously we're going to see tobacco in in older Disney movies yeah, because it was still perfectly fine to show kids smoking <laughs> as long as you told them it was bad, but made it look like lots of fun still. Yeah, in this case it's But the the, the uh yeah, American Indian puppet caricature was Yeah, for la- for, for lack of a better word, the oh, animatronic American yeah. oh, Indian chiefs yeah. with the with the headdress and everything, hucking yes. hucking cigars into the crowd. Yep, yikes! That's a huge yikes. Um, similarly, uh, and this this one's a little bit more niche, but um, Lampwick, Lampwick's really distinctive teeth and drawl. I think he's meant to be an Irish immigrant. He probably is because he has a New York accent, doesn't he? Yeah, and 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 also he's um he, the the color scheme they use for him is very green and like 
He's basically like someone said. Yeah, he's green a, and red. He's a he's a wicked little boy leprechaun. Yeah, let make a leprechaun yeah. who can get into a fist fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, and you can also point to the fact that the one British person in this movie is a round-faced, oily child <laughs> predator as well. He, but, I mean, fuck me, the accents in this film are all <laughs> over the goddamn map. Like, we, we dealt with it being Italian before, and Geppetto has what you could charitably call an Italian accent. But everybody else is. <laughs> what's, what's really notable about... Outstanding characters are Americans. Um, what's... Bad characters are Brits and a New Yorker. Yeah. And... To be fair, New Yorkers are American. Honest John had an American accent. There you go. There's one bad American in this mix. Yeah, and and for what it's worth... um, A New Yorker is a type of American. Sorry, I wasn't hit. uh, But, um... (laughs) For what it's worth as well, um, Stromboli is... Stromboli, yes. Uh, He's... Well, I mean, he has an unplaceably uh, Mediterranean Well, in the book, he was Italian, obviously. But he wasn't called Stromboli. Interesting. Uh, as um, Montefieri, I think it is. Um, feel free to at me if I get that wrong. I remember it's got lots of n. Well, it's got it's got a g n t in there, and like I'm not. I didn't do Italian at school. I don't. I'm not <laughs> sure how to pronounce that. And the time spent showing it to Fox would just break the rhythm. Yep, sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And, and at last check, a Stromboli is a type of pasta. Oh, probably. It, do I expect his name to be racist as well as everything else about him? Yes. Yes, Talon, I do. Next question. Um, so, yeah, there's pretty much a lot of yikes there. Uh, I don't know what... No, I'm giving, uh, I'm giving the horny bug his own section, so we yep. won't put that in the yikes yep. Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket is... That, that's a character choice. That's not, uh, this is passive yeah, background yeah. radiation yeah. stuff. And, uh, one final detail, and this is also a change from the book, is that, um, the cat and the fox... Yeah, they're weird, aren't they? Yeah, um, so they're from the book, and they don't get names. They're not Honest John and whatever the other one's name is. Um, but, interesting enough to note from the book, uh, they're an actual, like, they're, they're animals. They're actual animals. And in the book, they both fake a disability. One fakes being blind, and the other one fakes having a lame leg. Mm, um, that's a little bit yikes. Yeah, and, and they, uh... And, like, they also show up way more often. There's, like, four or five different times where they try to get Pinocchio killed. So when you say they're animals, they're not even, like, humanoid animals. No, they're no, no. Not, It's just a cat and a fox walking down the street, and he's like, oh, this seems like people are, oh, wait, no, th- he's an infant. Yeah, he would do that, wouldn't he? He'd just wander off into the woods sure, and talk to him. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I and, probably would, too, if I'd been born yesterday. And also, this the, this book was illustrated by the author, so we've seen his drawings right. of Christa, definitely just a fox and a cat. Cristobali, I think the name is. Uh, yeah, drawing of a fox and a cat standing in a field <laughs> next to Pinocchio. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's fairy tale shit. That's not. Uh, yep. That's not especially weird. Um, and very, very, very long reach. Yikes! Um, two of the characters are named after Jesus. Well, two of the characters have Jesusy names. Oh, Jiminy Cricket is a is a John Shepherd Christ name, isn't it? Yep. I never noticed. Jiminy Cricket is a Jesus C Shepherd Christ well, name. Well, if that's your Jesus, then you're going to have a problem. And the uh, Geppetto's name is a nickname derivation of Giuseppe, which is a Italian version of Joseph. And in the dialect of the original book for that Pinocchio uses, Pinocchio is basically a diminutive form of uh, of uh, Giuseppe as well. Now. I'm, Ah, okay. That's a P Pino. Yeah, sure. This is how nicknames happen. Yeah, and and that means nicknames that... are fucked up. I tell you what. And that means that his name is functionally son of Joseph, which is just an interesting kind of long reachy. Oh, hey, that's a 
That's weird. He does die and come back to life. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you. If if these are your Jesus figures, then they they could have done better. Yep. Uh, well, I think that's all we have here on the yikes front. Yeah, this is... I mean, this had a lot more racial yikes oh, than our yeah. last movie. Uh, a lot less sexism yikes, but only because there weren't girls, generally speaking. Well, there was less sexism that women were exposed to or expected of them because there weren't any there, which is a different they kind of sexism. pretty much weren't there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know if the blue fairy counts because she's just literally God. Yeah, she's not. She's there. just God. Yeah. Now, don't be wrong. She's an asshole, and we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, next up, anything technical. I guess the main thing technical, like, you know, this movie did not have a lot of production time difference between. Hmm? Shall we take a moment and I will look for significant technical things? Yes. Yeah. Let me pause this. Okay. What do we call the technical section? The nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is still a podcast in prototype, so we're just going to go with the technical stuff. All right, fine. <laughs> the technodrome. All right, yeah, fine. I it's did just te- say, all right, fine. I apologize. No, 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 no. That, that This is how things go with you. You're like, all right, fine. We'll do it your way. But, <laughs> unless... No, it's fine. The technical stuff. The technodrome. The technical stuff. Because what this Disney podcast really needs is a reference to the 1980s Turtles cartoon. Property they don't own yet. Ooh, give them time. To be fair, the technodrome has been in, like, every Turtles version. It's in the comics. Probably. It's in the cartoon. It's in the other cartoon and the other cartoon and the more different cartoon. I think it's even in one of the puppet-ass movies. All right, Fine. <laughs> And now, what can I do in the face of such reckless silence? <laughs> and now the technical stuff. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with, I hate the blue fairies. She looks so out of place in this movie. Yeah. I guess it's all right because she's God, but I just, I she doesn't belong with these people. Yeah, I Maybe mean. Maybe that's clever. I don't feel like it's clever. I no. feel like it's irritating. No, it's, it's, just, it's just the way that men have a lot of exaggerated, cartoonish, evocative body shapes. And women have that body shape. She's just basically a 50s mom. Yeah, she's basically a 50s woman. (laughs) Yeah. She, people were broadly doing a lot less panto posing in this than in Snow White. Boy, howdy does she. So I think it's just taken to be like, you know, that's still the way to portray yourself as a demure woman. You you can also point to the way that she did very little, like her very nature involves very little interaction with any object. She's effectively painted on top of the space. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's like, implied to be unsolid so i don't really have a problem with that she's translucent yeah but the effect of it means that the animation of this woman you get is mostly unexpressive unemotive and just very withdrawn she has the exact energy of a actual adult lady dressed as a fairy uh speaking to children in the front row i do not like her she she has the general tone and demeanor of the mum who's filling in a bit for the kids who are having a play. (laughs) Oh no, I think she's practiced for this role a lot. Oh no. I think she's very proud of her ability to be the fairy. Anyway, I don't like it. Um, There is a shot. uh, There are some pretty impressive shots in this, especially in terms of the number of people they got going. Like the the shot from above where all the kids are running out to school. They're very low detail, but that's still a lot of people to animate at once. Absolutely. It's pretty cool. Um, Similarly, the shots of the house being dismantled in um, uh, Pleasure Island. Uh, that's right. just that's just a lot of different bodies. And I looked around and paid attention to as much as I could through that whole section. And it's just one long animation with no real purpose beyond showing lots of little kid sh- shapes 
beating up a house. Um, similarly, there's a sequence where Lampwick chucks a brick at a stained glass window that they did not need to show. Like, it, it really is a completely narrative out of context moment because they didn't need to show you that, oh, Lampwick's so bad, he'll break a stained glass window. <laughs> you know, no, they wanted to draw a stained glass window breaking. <laughs> it's particularly funny because uh, he even goes, hey, check out that stained glass window in exactly the dialogue you would give a character if you couldn't show the window, but you needed people to know it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, show it. It's like how in this podcast, Fox is fighting a pterodactyl just off shot. <laughs> oh, it's it's attacking me with its massive beak. Uh, I'll get it with my spear, don't worry. It's a magic spear. It's on fire. Pterodactyls hate fire. Yep. Anyway. Scree! <laughs> um, anyway. It's a theater they... of the mind, Fox. It's a theater of the mind. <laughs> Um, they, yeah, so they, they have a lot of impressive, like, high, high figure count. High, they, they had lots of extras. Yep. There you go. Um, and that's broadly very impressive. Uh, so I can definitely forgive the shots here and there, especially when Gideon and Honest John are leading Pinocchio off for the first time and they do that aerial tracking shot as they wind through the town. And a lot of their colors just kind of vanish. Yeah. Just like, you're, you're not going to get eye colors and eye whites anymore. No. <laughs> Those bits are just outlined. It's fine. Trust us. It's fine. Uh, there's, a, there's a similar thing in the Pleasure Island sequence with the uh, merry-go-round, where there's a point where it just cuts to an earlier point in its animation while it's being panned across, because, I, ah. come on, like, just, leave <laughs> us alone. We've animated, we're animating a thousand things on screen I didn't right spot now. that one, but good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Oh, yes, and uh, we're going to finish up the technical... What did we call it? The technical <laughs> It's called bits. the Technodrome, Fox. I didn't... I don't recall that name. If I'm not you, affiliated with that property. If you read the law. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to finish it up with this episode's installment of Eyelash Watch. Uh, eyelashes are conditional in Pinocchio. Uh, the girls have them all the time. Uh, Geppetto has them when he's sad. Uh, Jiminy Cricket has them when he's horny. And we will talk about this horny fucking bug later, believe me. And Pinocchio has them when he turns away from the camera. Uh, but enough that you want to be reassured, like, you want something to be there to represent his eye. So if he turns far enough, you'll see an eyelash peeking out. But if you see him front on, you see no eyelash. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, that's interesting. That is... Eyelashes in this one are, a, like, a tool rather than a character design element. Yeah. Uh, there is one thing I would point to on the technical front. Um, because it's... And I mean, like, it is a little bit of a cheap shot to point to 80-year-old animation and say, oh, this wasn't very good, but... Oh, we're going to talk about water, aren't we? Yeah, specifically water, because water is so different to the way everything else looks. And uh, in computer science, one of the things I've learned is that you have basically two, uh, like, almost like a dial that you can turn from one side to the other. And one of them is, one side is processor power and the other side is storage, which is essentially you have this constant give and take between... You can run a calculation or you can have a table. Yeah. And in the context of this, what I'm thinking is it's like the amount of technical skill required to do a thing versus <laughs> the, uh, the volume of the thing you can do. And in this, water is typically represented not by good-looking drops of water or a, a well-executed liquid element in the animation or coloration, but rather lots of drops, lots of spatters of blue on everything. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not even like it's meant to be like a, a major criticism. It just, it really stood out to me because the water doesn't look like anything else. Same thing with the fire, but the fire was there for like 30 seconds. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, water, I mean, you're going to notice this um, 
they didn't really know what to do with water for so very long. Uh, and I sympathize with that. I don't know how you would have done it either. Um, and you, you read about this film that they, they got really fed up with the amount of water that was going on in this. Like the end of this movie is very wet indeed. Um, um, and for what it's worth, I do have a distinct memory of the first time I saw animated water that looked good. And that was the road to El Dorado. So that's like yeah. 70 years later. Uh, there's some Sorry, good looking water and stuff like Lion King. And they, they do get there eventually, but um, it also, whenever it wasn't, well, no, not even whenever it wasn't, but water moves extremely slowly. Mm. in in 2d animation um and sometimes that looks kind of good uh like when they were able to do it with well probably they're cg in it at a certain point let's be realistic yep. but um but at this stage where they were just straight drawing it in every goddamn shot it's like it just sort of hangs there very unnaturally and they do and just appears a lot of the time it just appears yeah, they do what they can to distract you from it yeah uh, and i do not envy having to work this out <laughs> this is hard shit yeah and by the way uh as far as 3d animation goes water as an effect wasn't like really well done until like moana oh 3d animation is its own thing like yeah. when i'm talking about cg i'm talking about like doing this as an effect not yeah. like modeling oh christ that's its own thing <laughs> and we can talk about that when if we ever get to moana <laughs> which i don't we think we get. will i wasn't gonna go past the end of the the 2d animation era we'll see how much uh, fun we're having we'll see yeah all right now with that technical stuff out of the way time i guess to go in on any general notes you have or i guess we go into the two big themed chunks we want to talk about i mean i think it's time that we started beating up this film's morality yeah oh my god this movie is <laughs> awful now like we said last week we do we try to take these films in the spirit in which they're intended yeah but no hamlets on hang gliders the morals in this film are just so fucked up it's very difficult to go along with it in retrospect like Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so so the original novel is a product from Italy, 1901. It's not, in in my personal experience, something I have enough familiarity with to really comment on, especially because what I've read has been uh, a cut-down version and has also been translated and then reduced further for children. So I, despite the fact that I have actually read... <laughs> I can say I've read Pinocchio, but what I really mean is I've read like twelve percent of sure. Pinocchio because it's really big. And you know, it's it's a fairy tale kind of story in the first place. There's a lot of like whimsy and dream logic going on here. Yeah. Cat and a fox, man. Yeah, and there's a sequence. They're not even wearing pants. Yeah, and there's a sequence where he fights with an apple core in the book. It's it's a really odd thing. Anyway. Sure. But um, like beyond that, we're gonna talk so, about what this movie well, wants the, to tell us its moral center is. The point I want to make is that that move that book has a moral center and a moral outlook and a whole bunch of perspectives of its own. Whereas I feel this movie has Walt Disney's personal moral framework <laughs> hammering everything into it, into this shape. And it's a really interesting and occasionally horrible insight into a man who saw his place in the world as both promoting children and being good to children who quietly hates a lot of things about children. <laughs> uh, it's also super Protestant. In, in the worst fucking ways and extremely capitalist. This movie, uh, I have not watched this in quite a while, despite having seen it a few times. Um, but boy, am I angry at the adults in this movie now. Mm -hmm. They are such 
worthless assholes just yep. every fucking minute. Uh, but, uh, you know, do you, do you want to go first? <laughs> Open it up a little bit? All right, so... First things first, uh, there is this idea in Protestant faith that human beings are sinful and you need to ask for redemption to become a, a, a you know, whole in the vision of Christ. This is, this is not new. This is not revolutionary. This is like a 400-year-old doctrine. You, you, if you, you're listening to this, you almost certainly sure. know this. Yeah, it's you, just you some passing familiarity with Christianity. Yeah. But the basic structure of Protestantism is that the philosophy approaches you and tells you, you are created sick, and then you are commanded to be well. The The Blue Fairy approaches uh, Pinocchio and tells him, I can bring you to life, and I can make you a real boy, but I'm not going to make you a real boy until you prove you are worthy of it, despite the fact that five minutes ago, you had no intentions, no causality, no moral framework, no nothing. You have been brought into this life without any means to have a moral framework, and now I am holding you to a standard, and if I do not see you meet that standard... I am going to fail to heal you of a problem I created. I'm just going to kick the bug in the ass since we're right here at the opening. When he he opens this up by explaining to Pinocchio that temptations are things that wrong things that seem right at the time. Now I'm no big city conscience cricket who's horny for every girl in the show, but I think that's called a mistake. Yeah, I I think that's not temptation. I think that's just. A misunderstanding. That's a really fucked up position to start from. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, posturing and morality and words in this. Uh, Jiminy Cricket, especially when he opens with, "It's the thing that not enough people these days do." Like, dude, he just went straight into old man rant. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he went straight into, <laughs> "Hey, hi there, literally seconds old <laughs> child. Uh, I'm going to kids these days at you in an attempt to impress the woman who definitely will not fuck me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he did it. Yeah, um, and then from there, the rest of the movie is this cavalcade of Pinocchio being a child, being left without any guidance or insight or peer group or friends, and everything that looks like a friend or everyone who looks like they have some interest or investment in him, who is not Jiminy Cricket, is exploiting him or unaware of how to help him. And then Jiminy Cricket himself is just the shittiest dude. Oh, he... Jimmy yeah. Cricket explicitly complains about the idea of telling Pinocchio's father that he's been kidnapped because that would be snitching. I do, in fact, have a note on that. Telling a parent their child has been kidnapped is, quote-unquote, snitching. Yeah, and, so and what's more, if there's nothing in the movie to contradict that because the movie doesn't say, wow... Jiminy, that was an effed up position of yours. Instead, what that means is he is effectively saying in that moment, oh yeah, Pinocchio's listening to those adults who are talking to him and he has no reason to distrust. He's doing something wrong, which is that same Protestant idea of you need to have like a cosmic sense for just correct action and uncorrect action. It is fascinating that he, like, they they frame this as if, you know, he's got a job to do as well. Like Jiminy Cricket is, she's... We're not sure if he's up to this task. No, you don't get a shiny star. You also have to prove that you can do this thing. But they don't represent him as making mistakes. No. Like, it's presented as if he's done the right thing all along, despite the fact that his character loop is just, I'll try to get him to listen to me, and when he doesn't, I will do the responsible task 
the responsible reaction of a mature adult guardian and have a tantrum and walk away. Yeah. Um, He's like a little kid. Subsequently, every single time that this story wants to represent something uh, for Pinocchio to do, there is a very simple binary, which is there are things that he wants to do that are fun and convenient and easy and indeed get reward and that he seems to find on some level fulfilling, but he shouldn't be doing them. And therefore, the perception is that engaging in theatre is just morally wrong on its own face. And look at that. You engaged with the theatre and now you're locked in a cage. By a racist caricature. Extremely racist With caricature. weird horny puppets and yeah. a child-sized birdcage. Yeah. Um, which, why does he have that? Why uh, does he have that? Um. For, I don't, maybe he likes to put the puppets in there just to, he bit probably. Bit of role play. Well, like the ones that can't talk, I feel like he just puts them in there and is like, you, you've been bad. Sorry, I'm not going to do a voice. That seems like a really bad Real plan. bad time at this yep. time. Yep. Nope. Um, get, nope. And, and like, you could also, it could be like a dice cage. Like, you know, dice prison. Yeah, like, that's oh. what I'm saying. I think it's like, you know, when he fucks up in a puppet show, he like blames the puppet and sticks it in the shame cage. Yeah. Um. He seems roughly that level of unhinged. From there, you can point to the things that um, Disney's, th- this movie frames as fundamentally wasteful and destructive things, which is to say entertainment parks, uh, kids' rides, and admittedly, like, uh, the stuff on Pleasure Island is in many cases destructive. Like, there's um, the rough house, there's a house you can destroy, and there's all the smoking. Those well, we're are, gonna get to that. Yeah, those are all bad, but still, like, th- those things are framed as an evil, like, wanting to go there. Avoiding cops is seen as in- is inherently a bad thing, <laughs> even though, you know... It, a whole bunch of these characters have very legitimate reason not to want to hang around cops. Okay. Hey, here's a thing, though. That would almost be a coherent moral thing to lay out if it's a case of, well, he's continually presented with the choice between the thing he wants to do and the thing which, if he's really being honest with himself, he knows is the right thing to do. But he's not. He doesn't know what the theatre is. He doesn't know what Ferris wheels and cigarettes... And he doesn't know what any of these... He's an infant. Yep. He knows shit all. He's not being tempted. Now, he's just being swizzed. Now, logic of the universe wise, wise I'm willing to actually meet the, meet the story halfway on this and say that Pinocchio is born with an inherent, like, capacity of a child of his age, which is what, I don't know, six. Okay, that's pro... He's probably supposed to have that. But then have him show it. Yeah. Have him be like, ooh, that does sound fun. Have him be like, ooh... I, I do want to be in the theater. That sounds great. Yeah. Like, I make this decision with some kind of emotional weight behind it. Yeah, as opposed to what actually happens, which is effectively he's a a, a pinball that the fox and the cat he, yeah. pick up and drop into a pachinko machine and just watch him get kicked around. Yes, that um, is accurate. There is a... There is a um, there is a lot about this story that is very much betraying that it's not about Pinocchio, it's about you, child, watching Pinocchio. It's about showing you a terrible sequence of yeah. events, in some cases explicitly horrifying stuff, to scare you away from doing things that are fun and avoiding school. Yeah, you're not wrong. It really isn't a well-constructed story, as you can tell by the fact that at least once it needs to basically go... All right, God's going to reset all those pieces so we can do it again. Oh, I'm so mad at the way they use the fairy. All right, now do I go into my final point on this whole capitalism Protestantism thing, or do you want a little back and forth first? Uh, no, I can yell about the fairy later, but since we're here on Pleasure Island, I'm just going to say, like, the the whole idea is that you're behaving badly, and I sort of get that for, like, smoking and drinking, which are always bad for you, and you shouldn't do them, um... 
Geppetto is allowed to have a, a quick pipe before bed because smoking is only bad for little boys. Mm-hmm. I can do as much of it as I want. Cut that out in post. Yeah. That, 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 oh, and a bonus trivia for anyone who wants a little Disney conspiracy theory. At Disney Parks, Disney staff are all required to point with two fingers. And this is literally, this is true. This is in the training. They actually have to do The pointing part is true. The pointing part is true. The explanation is where we get conspiratorial because in all of the pictures of of Walt Disney in his life pointing at things, he pointed at things with two fingers because he was hiding a cigarette behind them. Now... Is that necessarily why they did things that way? Maybe, maybe not. But you definitely, definitely will notice this if you look at photos of, of staff pointing for right. things in directions. It's always a two-finger point. Anyway. Yes. But where I'm going with this is, okay, you can make a case that those things would be wrong regardless of context. But if you present a house and say, here is a lovely fair attraction, you're allowed to break this stuff for fun. That's not vandalism. No, it's not. That's an attraction. Yeah. In fact, that's a real business. So that's, we I have, mean. We have one in we our do, area. We have Smash Labs now. Yes. We have Smash Lab in Absolutely our area. Absolutely right. Um, but just, it, it very much dovetails in with what you're saying, because that's explicitly a case of, okay, it doesn't matter the context of this. It's not about destruction of property. It's not about. Who it hurts. Taking something about. away from somebody else. It's it's not even about just, you're not supposed to defy the law. Mm-hmm. It's explicitly a case of, well, the actions are bad. Going through these motions is wicked, no matter what the surrounding context might be. Um, on the note of that, one thing you, I'm su- I'm kind of amused you don't see, because it would have been just like the all-purpose obnoxious thing, is no one smokes and blows it in someone else's face. That's true, actually. Which is to say, one of the right. most obvious ways in which smoking harms other people isn't shown. It's all shown hurting yourself, which, again, <laughs> Protestantism. You're not the person who owns your body. God is. He gets to set the standards for what happens to your body. And he said it's okay for dad to smoke, but not you. Yeah. And also you have the fact that the children are all being, you know, sold into, you know, child slavery and whatnot. And that's seen as bad, but also it's seen as justified. Bad, but they kind of deserved it. It's it's very straight. Like, if you do bad things, then you only have yourself to blame if something bad happens to you, which is... It's, that's definitely the kind of fear I want my children to grow I don't have children, I never will, but that's definitely the kind of fear I want my nephews to grow up with. There, there's no narrative about, and oh, by the way, Dad, uh, there's this island that turns people into jackasses, and we, <laughs> we go fix that. Uh, there's no rescue of that. In, indeed, that would be a great example of a thing to show that he is brave, being willing to return to that island to save people. That would be a much better selflessness, too, because when you get down to it, he's very invested in... In having his father around. Yeah. He loves his father. He benefits from his father being saved. But a town full of boys he's known for, I don't know, however long it takes to piss in the wind. Lampwick is uh, the most genuine of friendship he gets in the whole movie. (laughs) There's that. All right. And so now we get to the big crushing, like, final part about what this this world thinks of as like the transactional nature of capitalism, the idea of labor and ownership of your identity and of, of who you are. Like the, the morality of a lot of the Protestant stuff is directly tied to the idea that you don't own yourself and punishment. Like the fact no, no one seems it's like the fact that they turn into jackasses is odd, but I it's I think not, you mean jackasses. Yeah, true. Uh, but like Geppetto well looks done. at it and goes, Oh, well, and just reacts like that. That's the thing that makes sense. And I mean, okay, sure. The guy is a talking puppet, but 
nonetheless, he doesn't seem to think that that's an extra weirdness when he when he has has explained what happened. Now, um, the thing is, the final villain of this movie is the whale Monstro, and Monstro is depicted as this enormous, terrible force of nature that consumes everything in his path lies in wait and sleeps a thing and destroys <laughs> ships for fun. Yeah, yeah, Monstro... Okay, so for starters, Monstro is a shark, not a whale, really. Like, let's be honest, he's got sharp teeth, he's an ambush predator, he's a ferocious high-speed chaser. There's nothing about him that is whale-ish. Well... And he's a movie shark, as in a malicious bastard that'll hunt you down and kill you because he hates you. There is... He is layers upon layers of a fucked-up thing. Yeah, but... Everything about him makes sense in the context of him being what capitalism views a whale as. Because whales did destroy ships. Mm. Whales did destroy value. Who might have had a vested interest in demonizing whales, Talon? The ships they destroyed, which were whaling ships. Goodness me, what a surprise. Which is to say, Monstro is essentially someone looking at nature and going, what's the most monstrous thing that I can find out here? Well, how about a gigantic thing that destroys the ships that only exist to hunt it and kill it. Yeah, what about something that leaves us alone unless we explicitly go and try and fuck it up? Yeah, and it's not like it ever tries to give you Nike fail sympathy for the things it eats, because immediately Geppetto's <laughs> like, oh, hey, I'm going to eat that. Um, it's not even like demonizing wolves and, and you know, other things that, that humans generally coexist with, because at least you have a reasonable expectation that a wolf might, you know, get hungry and seek you out one day. Yeah. But a whale is so distant and does not give a fuck about you so, if you do not poke it. So from stem to stern, everything in this movie with Walt Disney's, like, moral framework stamped on it indicates that there is a direct connection between your your role in life and what you should be doing with it and respect for parents and respect for industry. Whales are bad because of all the ships they destroyed as opposed to every one of those ships came here to kill this whale. Because whales don't just, you know, randomly tip over boats. That's not worth <laughs> their time. I do wonder in universe what Geppetto did to make this whale fucking hate him because this whale fucking hates him for some reason. Yeah, the uh, villain's wiki... <laughs> oh no! Uh, suggests that it's because Monstro uh, doesn't like the fire lit in his mouth. Which, yeah, all right, fine. That def I'd be definitely well, pissed in that situation. This is why he pursues them in the final scene. But as to why he swallowed, yeah, a a tiny. But why was he looking for Pinocchio in the? You know what? We're not going there. Well, Pinocchio did cross the cross the uh, cross water to get to Pleasure Island. Oh no! Okay, yeah, so it's not the fair. dumbest that's, idea. That's legit. But yeah, so basically, that's that's my big beef with this movie. From from tip to tail, this movie is entirely about a moral framework that is equal parts Protestantism and capitalism, and it is vile. I am 100% on board with this, and it's also, even if we were to accept that it's not vile, uh, it's, it is incoherent. So yeah. uh, I'm not going with that. Like, they set out these three things very clearly, brave, truthful, and selfless, right? Yep. We have three major events, three three big fundamental trials that this character will go through, in which he does not at all learn those three virtues. He the the last bit, okay, I'm gonna give him brave for that. He definitely jumped into the ocean to save his dad. Brave. Yep. I don't recall truthfulness coming up at any point. He did confess to Geppetto what happened, but the thing is at ah. that point that there was no consequence for him not doing that. No no. He tried and didn't. 
Oh, he yeah. made a bashful face, and Geppetto went, "Oh, it doesn't matter. You're back with me." And I wow. was so angry. It's like that was the moment. That was the moment to show that he did learn his lesson from the first time. He was like, "Oh no, it's okay. I need to be honest about what happened, even though I did a bad. Yeah, because I will only make it worse." Until a weird physical manifestation of this happens upon my body. Yeah, you're right, you're right. That's, That's a recurring theme, isn't it? Yeah. If this movie gave any children, like, body horror terrors. All of them. <laughs> and and by the way, I have seen this movie, but I only ever saw it in chunks. Right. You know how it's basically three acts? Yeah, yeah. I saw each act separately, like, years apart. Ooh, that's an odd one. Yeah. Mrs. Cronin was very, very <laughs> fond of Pleasure Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at all that fun being had. Yeah, and she used to tie Wicked it. little boy. She used to back-to-back that with um the story of Balaam's ass from the Bible, which is not related <laughs> at all. It's not even, like, by a tenuous... Were there donkeys in it? Yeah, Balaam's no, ass donkeys. has a donkey okay, in okay, it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's what that would mean in that context. <laughs> Wow, I, sorry, there were a lot of butt jokes in this movie, surprising. Yeah, so lots of butt. Lots of butt. And and Stromboli gets like this really detailed animated butt jiggle. <laughs> well, they wanted to make him grotesque. Yeah, but like, they, they damn me thick. Yeah, there's like two, three bum jokes in the opening minutes of this film. Yeah. Like, before Pinocchio even wakes up, Jamie Cricket has made like four bum jokes. All right. I don't know. It's weird. Now, All right. I think we... this is where where I say, "Hey, Fox, do you want to drag Jiminy Cricket?" Oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> I never realized it until this particular watch through this film. But I hate this hypocritical, horny, moralizing little tantrum-throwing little fuck. Yeah, I hate this bug. Get and out this, of here. And this bug is the voice of morality in this oh, movie, a... and the narrator. Which makes him even closer to that perspective of Protestant capitalism that and I said. And an injured, like, every time they need. Like, he, he recurs in Disney movies as, like, a narrator, as, like, a friendly, like, fatherly Classic. guardian figure. Because, like, oh, yeah, he did such a great job in that one movie where he failed to explain to a child uh, that, no, those two guys are fucking murder hobos. Don't go near them. I... Ooh. He uh he he also uh is a recurrent fixture in the Kingdom Hearts series. Mm, good job. So Sora's being followed around by that. Wow. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Well, that's I mean that's its own thing. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Uh yeah. Look, I oh this little bastard. Uh, he frames it. Like, the story frames it as though this is his journey to mm. the narration. The opening frames it as if this is his journey to, as if he's going to learn something, as if this is what showed him that he needed to believe in this kind of stuff and whatever and thing of me. But he is treated as doing the right thing all the way along. Just, you know, if only he would be listened to, despite the fact that he extends... Okay, uh, in we're going to do that thing where we do take the movie in the spirit it's intended. So Pinocchio is maybe like an eight or nine year old kid, something like that. Yeah. Maybe. Around that general region. Um, so let's assume he does have at least that kind of understanding in his head. But to still, to interact with a child of that age, to try and reason with them for, you know, two, three minutes, and to then just get offended that they won't listen to you, and to go off in a huff. Which is not at all unlike parenting at this period. It's, oh... I'm very angry with the adults who continually let down this stupid baby. Yeah. I mean, Geppetto's not much better, but at least he's missing for most of it, and he's not presented as a, like, wise 
uh, guardian of consciousness and all that kind of crap. Yeah, but literally the every act of Pinocchio that is bad is seen as punishing his father. And you're meant to feel bad about how poor Geppetto is feeling. Yeah, that's pretty fucking biblical too. Yeah. <laughs> Children don't strictly have emotions of their own. There's ways you can reward or punish their parents. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know if that is the same voice actor for Jiminy Cricket's singing voice and his speaking voice. Because uh, boy does give a little whistle sound different to when you wish upon a star from our opening <laughs> like we went crooner to to fucking vaudeville real quick there uh i have dismantled the kind of lock that jiminy cricket uh, uh looks at <laughs> i don't think they look like that inside that makes me mad they don't they don't have a spring pointing at the hole that can leap out um your luck was very unrealistic <laughs> Yeah. It was, though. <laughs> uh, and obviously the only reason he couldn't pick it is because we needed this to be a deus ex. Yeah. Pretty much literally. Uh, he also forgets he can hop a lot of the time during the opening. He yeah. seems to remember it later on, but, like, I guess they just wanted to animate him pulling himself on top of things and, like, awkwardly clinging to clocks and stuff, because he's just... Like, crickets do one... Okay, two things. Crickets make noise and jump. Yep. And... He definitely forgot about, oh, they should have had him do, like, a cricket noise to get attention. Yep. That would have been great. Uh, the voice actor for Monstro, he has a voice actor. The yeah. voice actor for Monstro has the amazing name of Thurl Ravenscroft. Wow, and damn. Isn't he, isn't that, like, Tarzan's real name or something? <laughs> no. Please, I, <laughs> if I wasn't on a thread, we'd go in on that. No, uh, Thurl Ravenscroft is also the voice of Tony the Tiger for 50 oh, years, well, which, which puts him at almost the longest running single voice actor for an advertising campaign. Now, 50 years, so he's not the voice actor for Tony who passed away quite recently. No, uh, in fact, I have I have the dude. Uh, that was only like three years ago, something like that? Yeah, no, uh, Phil Ravenscroft died in 2005. Right, yeah, I thought the so, vintage for that couldn't possibly work out. Yeah. Unless, unless your sense of time is really effed up. Anyway. Yeah. Um, why do people keep abusing this poor cat? This poor fucking cat! <laughs> like, you open by stroking the cat and then you kick it in the butt, because that's hilarious. Just abuse your pets. Good job. Good job. Fuck you, old man. Uh, Geppetto has a house full of clocks. Oh, my next item is also a clock horror show. But but also, what does, what does this toy maker craft with everything that he's... Like, all his works of creative... Effectively, his, all his creative art is depictions of everyday people fucking around. It's kind of how animatronic clocks and stuff do in this vintage, though. I'm trying not to get all clockwork nerd on you at this point. It's comedy! But, but, but at the same time, like, there were no adventure scenes, there were no astronomy scenes, there were no classical hero scenes. It really is just people fucking around. Oh, definitely. The closest you get is two hunters. And like, yeah, all right, but at the same time, you th there there are there are clocks that depict the, uh, uh, the you know kings, and there are clocks that are meant to depict like serious events or, or even just the arrival of a thing uh, of, of a carriage or indeed a, a Bible scene. And nah, all of all of the clocks Geppetto makes are just fucking around. There is one. Oh yeah? Um, one of them's an angel blowing a trumpet. Comes out of like an obvious heaven gate thing. Oh yes, you're right. I missed that one. Yeah. Okay, yes. But other than that, it's just very normal, very bucolic kind of, well not even bucolic, just like little village town crap. And that ties into the fact that Geppetto clearly has 
no friends. <laughs> it's it is very much like it's the same kind of thing that was presented as humor in Snow White. It's like, yep. wouldn't it be funny to just see like a bunch of guys bumbling around a bunch? Eh, hilarious, I guess. May I assume it was funny back then because like these films are not unpopular. <laughs> that would that's an understatement. Uh, boy, that fish. What? Oh, why is there? Okay, why is there a fish? Why does she have fucking pouty lips? Why does she have eyelashes? Why does she flirt with humans? Why is she a dog? I don't... I don't like the fish. Okay, so, cards on the table, I am connected to puppetry. And that's not a cool (laughs) thing, and I'm not proud of it, but I am adjacent to this subject matter. And Geppetto sucks. Oh, he's a bad puppeteer. He is a terrible puppeteer. (laughs) Um, Also, the complexity of of Pinocchio as a puppet, he's not a one-handed puppet. No, that's true. He's very much a, 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 you know, one to pilot the legs and one to do you, arm expressions. He, and he's he, and... he's a binary puppet. He is a two system puppet. Yeah, you would yeah. have, especially because you clearly need something to raise and lower the level of his of his whole body without necessarily moving his hands. It's, sorry, this again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <Right>. look at me. <laughs> um, Figaro has a litter box beside his bed. Wow! Which means Geppetto has a cat's litter box in his bedroom. And I don't know if you've had an indoor cat, listeners, but... Oh! Oh! Imagine waking up every morning and tasting that in your mouth. (laughs) That's what would happen. That would live in your sinuses forever. Cat urine is powerful. That... Don't do that, man. Don't do that. Um, and this is... This is my last one. Um, Lampwick is legitimately good at pool terrifyingly good he could have a career in just doing pool shit and some of the ways he's good at pool are not nonsense what the jumping a ball on the other one that is doable <laughs> there that, and that's the thing like if you're animating this and like it is Amazing. unrealistic that a child do this sure but actually let he, me t- he let- does turn into a donkey yeah, but but also there actually probably is out there some child. Pro- it's like the child. It's like it's like when I used to say, "Yo, yo, skateboarding is like this," and there's no you at a certain <laughs> age you can't do certain tricks. It's like, oh, I, oh, nope, shut my mouth. Yes, indeed, you can. There's an 11 year old skateboarder who's absolutely amazing. But um, yeah, Lampwick actually is really good at pool in a way that knowing enough about pool as I do, I look at and go, "Oh, that's that's impressive. Nicely done." <laughs> um. Too bad paying pool is a wicked hobby for bad boys. Yep. Like, Jiminy Cricket shows up and finds them there, and the things he is immediately mad at Pinocchio for and yells at him for is smoking, okay, and playing pool. Those are not equivalent. Also, he gets really pissy Fucking when... Fucking priorities, Lamp- bug! He also gets really pissy when Lampwick misidentifies what kind of bug he is. Oh, yeah. Even the old, though... The old uh, fantasy racism. You're wearing a suit, dude. <laughs> Man, no, fuck grasshoppers in particular, though. Fuck them. Yeah, wow. I've got one for that later, actually. All right. Um, How many more have you got? <laughs> uh, we're on my first page. Oh, no! Scene where Jiminy Cricket yells at the clocks is fucking weird. Yeah. Uh... For somebody who likes to talk about temptation, this cricket is super horny. Yes, we've already discussed that. We've covered that. how horny he is, yeah. Uh, why does Honest John keep Gideon around? I can only assume they're fucking or something because that he is 100% a liability. They're either related or it's a sex thing. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. And one's a fox and the other's a cat. Oh, so they're not related. Prob- okay, they're probably. confirmed for fucking. 
<laughs> Moths don't get clothes. Fuck them. When Jiminy Cricket goes to watch the puppet show, he climbs up to a, a light post and shoos away the, the crappy moths that are up there, yeah. which is just ordinary bugs, because I guess fuck moths. <laughs> crickets are where it, crickets are the superior race. Crickets supremacy so propaganda. <laughs> It, it is, I know it is. I'm just doing it. Why, Do- why Donald? Uh, sorry, why Goofy and Pluto at the same time? But I just, I don't know. It's just funny. That's all. What, what I I'm actually, not going. Explain it to me now. I'm going. Pfft. What I what I think is even funnier is like I say, hey, this moral framework is Walt Disney. Da, 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 da. If you take that to its next step, it's and Walt Disney thought crickets were the best bugs, <laughs> and then you have the question of was Walt Disney secretly a cricket? <laughs> that's the most likely scenario. <laughs> Or a cricket fucker. Yeah. Well, or a well, fish fucker, because we, we're still well, going to deal with the horny fantasia Well, well he, he, want, like, he, <laughs> he seemed to believe that it was completely legitimate for, for Jiminy Cricket to want to fuck human women and, and animals and all sorts of other things. So, you know, <laughs> you know the moral frame, the author of this work, even though the author is dead, uh, thinks crickets deserve the right to fuck everyone. Puppets, ladies from Cuckoo Clocks, manifestations of God oh, himself. I've got another one. <laughs> um, everything but a fish. Yeah, he didn't want to Because, like, the fish. right at the end, there's a fish who wants to see his dick, and he's all like, nope, yeah, get out of here, fish. So, and the thing is, like, okay, we have a dog. I have put on my pants, and the dog has been like, wow, what's that? Sure, what's, yeah. What's going on in these dogs pants love areas? Everyone that's knows the thing that. dogs do. But the thing that's super annoying is the fish has a horny face. It's weird. If the fish didn't have a horny face, it would be like, oh, jeez, the fish is like, you know, go away. This is the thing animals do. But no, mm. because the fish has pouty lips and, and fluttery eyes, it looks it's... like this fish is getting in to try and get a look at Jiminy Cricket's dick. Yeah, it's uh, not an innocent look. Uh, I do have another one. Oh, sure, please go um, ahead. The lyric, stay on the straight and narrow, Jiminy Cricket is delivering it while standing on a curved rail. <laughs> it's just a very basic imagery word failure. <laughs> I thought that's while he was walking down the violin string, which would work super no. well for that. No, no, no. That's when he's working. That's when he's working on the curved line that goes in and out of the clock, and he's following <laughs> the hot cuckoo clock lady. He sure does like hot cuckoo clock ladies. <sighs> uh, oh, this isn't a minor nitpick. This is another Jiminy Cricket's morality note. Because um, I, I do find it interesting that when he had his tantrum and left uh, the first time, the first tantrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he abandoned the child he had been charged with guarding. Um, his reasoning is that, well, I guess he was successful as an actor, which, like, sets it up. The, the point of going to school wasn't that it was the right thing to do and you need to do it even if you would rather do something else. It's that you'd be bad at the other thing. <laughs> so because you're hopeless and you suck, go to school. If you're talented, fuck school. Yep. Right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah. This bug is so fucked up. I hate him. Um, there there is also uh in the in the uh god damn it, I had one. I had one. <laughs> um <laughs> take a minute, take it again. <laughs> uh also there is the 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 just the pointless jab of like actors don't have consciences, like <laughs> Yeah, it's like some edgy fucking social commentary from, from a room full of actors. Well done, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, oh yeah, that's immediately before Jiminy just tries to throw this kid under the bus when the fairy shows up and he's yep. like, yeah, I'm going to hide in this scenario. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you're on your own, kid. Uh-huh. I don't see why I need to be brought into this situation. And on that Fuck front, that we have a plant and payoff failure where 
in the first part of the movie, Pinocchio is seen as having an ability that generates a large quantity of green wood, which smokes. And in the last part of the movie, he wants to start a fire with <laughs> as much wood that Quick, can cause a fire. Tell as, as many lies as you can. And the thing is, I'm not saying oh my that he, God. I'm not saying like, oh, he's an idiot for not using that. I'm saying in terms of plant and payoff, that's a, a categorical mistake. Like Right, similar thing with the fire. Like, yes, he does ultimately use fire for that scene, but there's no sort of callback. Yeah. To the, like, whew, that was a close one. We learned that you can be set on fire. I wonder if this will... not. Nah. Side note. Nah, nope, uh, nope, it, it, nope. If you want to look at, like, an almost how to train your dragon way that could have gone, he could have burned one of his hands. He could have, yeah, that would have been fucking amazing. As far as selflessness goes to get a fire going. But, of course, you know, they didn't have to do that. I'm just saying, like, if you want to represent selflessness and sacrifice and bravery, you know. <sighs> anyway. Yep, there would have been much better ways to do that that actually conveyed selflessness, for example. I'm not saying he's bad for saving his dad, I'm just saying it's not really selfless if it's what you wanted as well. Uh, oh right, uh, Pleasure Island. Cake, pies, ice cream, and dill pickles? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> that what little boys wanted the fun fair? Uh, it's a bar sweets, food. Sweets, sweets, and pickles. It's a bar food. <laughs> Still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really, I would have said peanuts or popcorn because those were also ball game food, but, you know. Ice cream, a notoriously adult food. Yep. Uh, Jack ass. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's, uh, hey, Americans, you want one of those things that's going to give away that you don't actually have a British accent? <laughs> yep. He might even have had a British accent, but I feel it was scripted that way. That's... Like, I don't know who's the a- who the actor is there, but... And yeah, sure, there's probably... Actually, you know what? I'm being too harsh. That's probably some linguistic drift. Maybe that's how it was used 80 years ago. Yeah. But boy, it stands out as a sore thumb now. Fucking funny today. That that man, by the way, was congealed. Oh, sure, yeah. It's, I mean, he's 100% creepy British, uh, you know, orphan keeper stereotype. Yep. But I, I like... That's not a racially charged stereotype, so I'm not really against it, but yeah. it is what it is. Hey, donkeys, I thought we were going to get out of this film without upsetting animal cruelty. Yep. <laughs> nope. We've already kind of addressed that anyway. Yeah, no, I think we've covered it. Wood can only drown when it's sad. Yep. I, I think the idea is that the impact killed Pinocchio rather than just arbitrarily he now can't breathe underwater despite the previous underwater sequence. Yeah, and I'm just... going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's still kind of funny. There's just a bit of a heck up there as well because, like, what actually threatens Pinocchio? We know fire has a visible relationship to him. Like, that's all we've introduced to. Yeah, yeah. Does hitting him in the head hurt him? We... He could breathe. We know he could breathe because he smokes. But yes. does he need to breathe? I don't know. Well, no, because he can go underwater for as long as he wants. Yeah. Like, he literally walked across the bottom of the ocean until he got to a depth where, mo- where whales would hang around. That's a decent way. Yeah. Um, uh, it's weird which fish get faces or not. Yep. Boy. Uh, yeah, and my final note is just one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's my tagline for Pinocchio. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, with that done, with that said, with all that we've learned, do you know what's next? I believe Fantasia is next. So uh, if you were waiting for more weird racial stereotypes and uh, horny fish, good news. <laughs> we're going to be doing some yikes. Uh, so, so hey, there's what? something that I meant to bring up, but I didn't. And I just want to get this in here. I don't like your tone of voice. What are you about to do to me? Okay, so, so you mentioned Jiminy Cricket's shown up in a bunch of other works, right? I did. And Pinocchio has shown up in a bunch of other works as well, but not, like, centrally. I know Monstro is in Kingdom Hearts, if that's what this is going to be about. Oh, honey, 
Honey, yes, you're right. We're talking about Monstro, but we're not talking about his role in Kingdom Hearts. We're talking about the episode... You're speaking with a smile in your voice, but it doesn't sound good. We're talking about the episode focused on Monstro of Bonkers. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm assuming you're just going to cut it there. No, no. So, so in Bonkers, in Bonkers, Monstro is... In scale. No, stop. Monstro appears as a character in scale no with everything else in the no, movie. I don't like right? It. Movie? Yeah, like in Pinocchio, you, you, you know, Monstro is so big he can swallow a, sh- a ship and whatnot, right? And in Bonkers, he's yeah, that size. He is still just I mean, prodigiously enormous. He, yeah. He's, uh, according but, according to the book, he's a mile long, and Bonkers mostly represents him this way. not that long in the movie, but right? whatever. Yeah, so in. In Bonkers, this episode, which, by the way, for anyone who doesn't remember, Bonkers was basically what if we could do a Roger Rabbit TV show, but drain everything good out of it. The, the The gist of it is you have a Disney character who is a cop, because what's better than Disney character knockoffs? Cops. Anyway, Bonkers... What if Roger Rabbit was a cop and we, you know, sanded him down enough that we could actually show him to 10-year-olds? Yeah, and we definitely don't have any Jessica Rabbit in this. Anyway. She does not get to appear. Um, Bonkers finds a string of bank robberies that have been committed by someone enormous. Just, just someone impossibly big, like, crashing into the, the whole bank and, like, swallowing the bank vault and leaving. And so the first suspect is Monstro, and Monstro has to do this thing of like, no, I'm not a villain. I was playing a role in a movie. This is very strange. I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about, and I can't help you. <laughs> okay, actually, that's kind of cute. Yes. And then the gimmick turns out that, in fact, Monstro was the one conducting the bank heists, except he thought he was acting a role in a movie yeah. because he'd been set up by a bunch of criminals who he thought were movie agents, and he didn't talk about it to the police because... He was under contract and in a union. (laughs) Actually sounds like a lot smarter and funnier than I remember Bonkers being. (laughs) Always follow the further reading section of wikis. You find gold. (laughs) And now I'm good. (laughs) I'm glad this made you happy.